Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. it is to be together like this. Thanks, guys. Um, as, as Mike um, mentioned in his introduction, we, we're going to be sharing the bread and wine. This is the Lord's table. And we'll come back to this, but this is the Lord's table. He is the host. He is our host this morning. You know, we, we never invite him into our gatherings. He's the host. This is his table. And um, I'd just like to share some things before we do that. I was thinking about the way the Lord is present when we are around his table. And um, the Lord is present in, in, in several ways, different aspects, different dimensions, if you like, of his presence. So we know, first of all, the Lord is omnipresent. He's he's present everywhere, all the time. So of course it's true to say the Lord is present this morning because he's present everywhere. In Psalm 139, um, it says in this version that... uh, It's that psalm where it says, Lord, you've searched me, you know me, you know when I sit down, when I stand up, you understand all my thoughts, you observe my travels and my rest, you're aware of all my ways, before a word is on my tongue, you know about it, O Lord. Then it says here in the Holman, you've encircled me, you've placed your hand on me, this extraordinary knowledge is beyond me, it's lofty, I'm unable to reach it, where can I go to escape your spirit, where can I flee from your presence? They're rhetorical questions. We'll never get away from his presence. He's omnipresent. He's present everywhere, all the time. And then, you know, when we are born again, the most incredible, awesome aspect of his presence, he comes and lives inside us. He's present. Everywhere. I'm present within me. Living within me. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, By the way, each of these dimensions, each one is like, and as if that wasn't enough. As if that wasn't enough, even if just two or three of us gather together, he's present. He's omnipresent. There's an omnipresent. There's an indwelling presence. And then I'll just use this description. There's a gathering presence. There's a corporate presence, which really matters because there are aspects of the Lord's presence which we can only enjoy and experience like this. There are are aspects and dimensions of his presence, even though he lives within you, even though he's present everywhere all the time, there are other dimensions of his presence which are particular, peculiar to the fact, to when we gather. And you'll never experience those if you give up meeting together. 
And as if that wasn't enough, when Jesus sends the disciples going to all the world, he says, I'm with you always. There's like a, a missionary presence. There's a being sent. He's present when we go into all the nations. He's present. And it's not just that he's in all the nations. It's not just that he dwells within us. It's not just that if, if we go with two or three others, he's there because there's a gathering. It's, he's there in a particular way because we're being sent out by him. And as if that wasn't enough, he's present with us in a particular way at his table. Paul describes this as a participation in the body and blood of Christ. It's a concept that theologians have argued over it, debated it, have different views. How is he present? Does this become his body? Does this wine, not really, become his blood? And we would say, no, it's not, nothing, nothing physically changes, but it's more than a sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm there because you're doing this, and I'm present whenever you gather. It's more than the fact that he's present, because he's present everywhere all the time. It's more than the fact that where two of the three of us come around, he lives in each of us. There is a dimension of his presence. He's present here. It's not bodily, it's not physical, but it's very real. He's present. This is an encounter with our great high priest. This is an encounter with our risen savior. Here is his life, his death, his resurrection. Here is salvation and healing and blessing. Here are all the depths of his sacrifice and all the heights of his enthronement. He's present in the table, at the table. Um, This is his flesh and blood presence. You know, at the Last Supper, Jesus commands the disciples to remember him. And it's not that, it doesn't mean, you know, you might forget me. Every time you do this, you're going to be reminded of me. It's not that. It, 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 the word actually means when you, when you do this, don't say, oh, yeah, I remember Jesus. Of course, it's nothing like that. It means recall him to mind. Yeah. Be active in, in actively remembering, recalling, appreciating what he's done for us. And I love the fact that after his resurrection, Jesus reappears to the disciples on, on two or three occasions in the breaking of bread or in a meal. So you, we, we know about those two disciples on the Emmaus Road, and they, they start to think, maybe this is the Lord. And then it says in Luke 24, and when he broke the bread, then their eyes were opened and they, they saw him. They realized who he was. And there's another instance at the end of John's Gospel where um, Jesus is on the beach with them, and, and they have this meal, and they break bread, and they realize it's the Lord. And then you find at the beginning of Acts, um, Acts chapter 1, um, Jesus is appearing, all those appearances to prove he's alive, and, and he says on one occasion while they're eating a meal together, it doesn't say it's the Lord's Supper, but it, nevertheless it's a meal eaten, and in those instances, they realize it's the Lord. 
There's a sense in which this meal is like a rendezvous with Jesus. A sense in which he says, you know, go into our Lord, I'm with you always. Oh, by the way, I'll meet you at the table. I'll see you at the table. We'll be together again in a, in a, in a, in a really present sort of way. A rendezvous with Jesus, and it's his table. He's the host all the time. And that's why the early church, it says, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and prayer. And you know in that, that, that little passage at the end of Acts chapter 2, um, it mentions lots of things the church did. They broke bread, they um, enjoyed meals, they uh, gave possessions to anybody who had need, the, the apostles performed miracles. There's a lot going on in the life of this church. But the breaking of bread is the only thing that's mentioned twice. This really matters. Really matters to them, really mattered to them and um, should really matter to us. I really appreciate um, the, the way the Lord has spoken this morning and, and began to say we have to, he wants us to see ourselves as he sees us. And before we share the bread and wine, I, I felt it would be good. I want to just mention a few things that are to do with our identity. I think it says it up there, our identity. What the Lord has done for us and who it is that's coming to the table today, who we are. It's been said many times, but you know, if, if ever there was a time for the church to know who we are, today is the day. This is our day, folks, to clearly know who we are and what we are here for. I believe we're strong in that. But um, here's a few things that will just, just remind us. Some of them will remind us of things that we've been saying over the last few weeks, that we, who we are and uh, what we're here for. And, and I have to, again, take you back to Genesis 1 for the first thing. Mike said to me the other day, you, you take things back to creation a lot, don't you? I, 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 um, you know, everything's in these first three chapters, isn't it? The origin of everything. And we've looked at that as we've been considering what authority is and um, what authority we have. But there's a couple of things in here that are so straight, so obvious, so simple, so fundamental that we mustn't miss them. And the first is, We've been created in God's image. Acts, uh, Acts 1, Genesis 1, 20, 26. Um, the Lord God said, let's make man in our image according to our likeness. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image and he created it in the image of God and he created the male and female. God created us. And, and for some, when we, when we become Christians, that truth starts to shout against so much of what we might have grown up to believe. We believe unashamedly that we're created. Amen. Created in his image. It doesn't mean he looks like us in any way. It means we, we have characteristics fundamental to God. We ourselves are creative. We're created to be like the creator, therefore we are also creative. Yeah. 
It means that our words carry creative power like his words did. We've been created in his image, made to be like God. So folks, come to the table this morning, come to his table knowing that you were formed and shaped and God breathed and crafted and molded. And as Psalm 139 says, fearfully and wonderfully made. Come tall today. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There was nothing accidental about you. Nothing accidental about you. You were the result of divine planning, divine purpose. God cares about you. God knows you. God wanted you. God knew all about you. God thought about you before he created you. Uh, The psalm says we've been predestined. And we can be really secure and really encouraged and really confident in that most basic truth about us. Created. And not only created, but Genesis 1 tells us we've been commissioned. He says in verse 28, uh, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule the fishes, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. I think we need reminding that we exist, created men and women exist to increase in number. Fill the earth, multiply, increase in number. That God wants to say to our church, you're here to increase in number. We're never here to hold our ground or maintain what we have or or to grow in quality, but lacking in quantity. God wants us to increase in number. It's our commission. It's our basic commission. We've been created and commissioned. And we can come this morning knowing, do you know, I'm created in his image. The image of God is in me. And I've been commissioned because he has a plan and a purpose. The purpose of God beats within me. Come with a wonderful sense this morning of being loved, of being destined, and knowing your life is in no way an accident. Then let me take you to Acts chapters 1 and 2. There's a wonderful parallel between um, Genesis 1-2, Acts 1-2. In Genesis, God creates a new world. Men and women are formed from above. They are filled, literally God breathes into the man he's made and and the breath of God enters him and then he's commissioned to fill the earth and increase in number. And we find, we get to Acts 1 and 2, we find that uh, God creates now a new community and men and women in their thousands are born from above and are filled with the spirit of God and commissioned to go forth and multiply. Have a look at, let's just read Acts Acts 1, verses 1 to 8. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up after he'd given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he'd chosen. And after he'd suffered, he also presented himself alive to them 
by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they came together, they asked him, Lord, at this time, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Any of you heard that before? I love the fact their question to Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And they ask him, are you? And three times he says, you will. He says, not many days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they ask him that question. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. If Genesis tells us we've been created and commissioned, Acts tells us we are enlisted and empowered. We're on his team, folks. It's over to you. It's not what I'm going to do anymore. I've done all that's necessary. Now you will, handing the baton over, carry on all that I began doing and teaching. You're familiar with this. You've been created. We've been created and commissioned. And now, as if to underline it, God wants us to know, and I've enlisted you, and I'm empowering you. You will receive power. You will be baptized in the Spirit. Maybe this morning is your experience of that. We're ready to pray for you if you'd like us to. Notice they received power. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they're all together in one place. Here's this presence of a gathered people. Richard um, knocked on my office door yesterday. Normally, Normally our doors are open, but the door was pulled to him, and Richard came in. I was just sitting back in my chair. And he said, are you, um, I think he said, are you asleep or <laughs> are you meditating? I said, I'm just imagining something. I was imagining the full impact of our church when we move in a corporate empowerment Not an anointed few, but all of us, all of us coming under the power of God and moving in a corporate empowerment. I was imagining the the full impact of that. You know we're one of the largest churches in the area. I was imagining what would happen when we all move in corporate power. Because we're already touching hundreds of lives every week. I was imagining what would happen when every single member is moving in power, is um, leading their friends to Christ, is laying hands on the sick and seeing healing, when every member is, is hearing the Spirit speak clearly and moving in accordance with that. I was imagining what would happen when, when all of us are 
um, are, are hearing words of knowledge and wisdom and God is directing our paths and our steps. When all of us are speaking, knowing our words carry, the, carry life, the power to create. I was imagining what it would be like when all of us are, are really flowing in our gifts and our graces, when the, when the rivers of living water are flowing through every single one of us. A corporate empowerment where all of us are experiencing miracles, sign and wonder. Amen, let it be. And we can come to this table this morning, and this is how we come. We know I'm created, I'm commissioned, I'm enlisted, I and we are empowered. Hallelujah. There's power for us, and it, it, it removes all stress and anxiety and striving and worry because God wants to take us into a new dimension. I don't think I've imagined the half of it, but it's a good start. But here's the reality check, folks. Sometimes we don't feel created in his image. Sometimes we don't feel commissioned. Sometimes you may not feel he's enlisted me, I'm on his team, and sometimes you may not feel empowered. And that's the, the last place I want to take you addresses that, because that is sometimes how it is for us. Sometimes uh, failure and guilt and shame and regret and sins hang over us, and that's where we need to hear something else about our identity at the table. Ephesians 1. It's not a proper sermon unless you've read from Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 3, verse 3. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the, heavenly, in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in love he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself according to his favor and will to the praise of his glorious grace. And he favored us with him in the beloved. In him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us, lavished on us abundance this morning with all wisdom and understanding. That's our true identity, folks. We are also restored and released from our guilt and our shame this morning. This is a participation in his blood and Jesus himself in the, in the covenant meal, the, the last supper, he said, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians, as we just read, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. His blood was poured out for you and I to assure us this morning that we are commissioned, we are created, we are empowered, we are enlisted because we've been totally restored and released. At his table, we can know this restoration and this 
release. It seems to me the, the enemy only really has a couple of weapons. Temptation and guilt. There may be some more, but... On the cross, Jesus dealt with the result of every temptation. And it seems to me that around the table, he wants to wash us. He wants us to know that cleansing. He wants us to participate in his blood this morning and his body and know total forgiveness and total wholeness. We can come to this table knowing that we are restored and released. If you need to, confess your sins before you come. And then come with your head held high. And you'll probably want to leave with your arms raised. Come boldly this morning to the table of God. This is his rendezvous with his church. This is his rendezvous with Living Rock Church in Stony Stanton this morning. The Lord is our host. Come to enjoy his presence this morning. Not just the fact that he's everywhere, not just the fact that he lives in you, not just the fact that two or three have gathered, not just the fact that we're on mission together, but the fact that he's present in his table. This can be for us really powerful this morning. And what I want to encourage in the way we do this is is that we give some time now for you to come and to break bread, and to share with one another, to pray with one another. We want to make available the opportunity to pray for any who are sick this morning, believing there's power in the presence of his table this morning. I don't know whether, Steph, would you be, would you be available to pray for people particularly this morning? In those who are... Prayer for healing would be fantastic. And so we're going to encourage you to pray, pray together and, and share with one another and bless one another. This is not chat time at all. This is an opportunity for the body to minister to itself, to build itself up in love. And um, so to pray in clusters, maybe pray with family members, maybe pray with others in your life group. Let's, let's make sure everybody's included in this. If you've come by yourself this morning, then have a look around you, folks. If you, if you see somebody near you who who maybe doesn't have anybody with them this morning, join them in your prayers. If you're a guest or a visitor and you just, the whole thought of this makes you feel very uncomfortable, I understand that. And um, we have a guest area in the corner and some of our hosts will be able to just talk with you there and pray with you. But we want this morning to celebrate around the table this morning. Who is on hosting duty this morning? Fantastic. So if you, Alice and, um, and Lawrence, if, if you could just make yourself available, if anybody wants to um, be, um, share with you in that way, that'll be brilliant. So does that sound all right? Yeah. Should we just stand to our feet? Say, Lord, thank you for all that you did in um, paying the price for us so totally, so abundantly. Lord, your body was broken for us, and this morning we, we thank you for that, and we, we call to mind all that you've done for us, Lord. We thank you we can come with tremendous sense of who we are this morning. I pray, Lord, that um, any who need to come and confess sin will, will know that once they've done that, Lord, they are, their head is held high, restored, 
released from guilt. Father, may we all know something very corporate this morning around this table as we share together. Lord, we say thank you. We honor you, Lord. We do this with great joy, but with no flippancy. Lord, you're so honor-worthy this morning. We give you praise. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harborough. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you. Thank you.